So we welcome you. We are in part 13 through the book of Acts. Heroes of the faith is what we're looking at. So as we're studying the book of Acts, we're seeing that chapter by chapter, as we go through this amazing book, we see that God, he's, he's taking people that are ordinary and he uses them in extraordinary ways. People just like you and me, ordinary people. And we're studying these heroes of the faith as they emerge in the book of Acts. And, and the, the theme verse for the whole book is in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, where it says, you will be my witnesses. It doesn't say they will be my witnesses. It says you. You will be my witness. God wants you to be his witness. He wants you to be a modern-day hero of the faith. And we're looking at these, these heroes of the faith back then, but they're examples for us to become like today. And this morning, we're going to look at a guy like you probably have heard his name before. His name is Barnabas. He's an awesome guy. And we're going to see out of Barnabas' life a trait emerge that God wants, watch this, to be in your life. This trait. You're married. You're a husband or a wife. Your spouse needs you to live out this trait. You have kids or grandkids. Those kids and grandkids are looking to you to live out this trait. They need a hero. There's people at work. They would never say this, but they need you to live out what we're going to talk about today. Because they're desperate for a hero to rise up and show them that Jesus is really real in a tangible way. Now, let me give you the trait right off the bat, and then we're going to kind of just really dive into it. Here's the trait. One of the most heroic things you can do is to bring encouragement to others. It sounds so simple, and it really is in many ways, but it's really not that easy to find in our world today. I mean, how many you know, of you go to work, you just can't wait to go to work because you get so much encouragement from your boss. You just can't wait to get up the next day, go to work, because it's such an encouraging environment. I think in many ways, it's actually more like this cartoon that I have found these two guys are at work. You ever get that urge, Frank? It begins with looking down from 50 stories up, thinking about the meaninglessness of life, listening to those dark voices deep inside you, and you think, should I, should I, should I push someone off? <laughs> I think that's how most people, this is the work environment. Wow. You know, let me give you a truth. Consistent encouragement is hard to find. It's hard to come by. And another truth, people who consistently encourage others, they're heroes of the faith. They are. Hebrews 3.13 says, but encourage one another daily. Would you underline the word daily? God wants you and me to grow in this trait of encouragement daily. We're to express it. Hebrews 10, 25, encourage one another and all the more. Would you underline all the more? Whatever your level of encouragement is right now, it's to be all the more. God wants to see it grow and grow and grow. So let me ask you a question. Are you a person that brings encouragement to others all the more, all the time, daily? When people see you coming, do they see encouragement coming or do they see a little bit of discouragement coming? 
I mean, really, what, what's it like? People at work, people in your neighborhood, your family, your husband, your wife, if you're married, your neighborhood, your church. What's it like? Your tables right now. When you sit down at the tables, the table said, ah, oh, this is great because there's such an encouragement. Wow. Think about this in your life. A hero of the faith is someone who provides encouragement wherever they go. Hmm. Now, I want you to kind of hit this at a different angle before we jump in, but can you share about a time when someone was a hero of the faith to you because of their encouragement? I mean, it's like you were in desperate need or there was just this moment and they ministered to you so powerfully because of that encouragement. And it was like it, they were heroic because of the encouragement they gave you. I bet you there's one person at your table who's got a story about that. Tell that story. Go for it. So one of the most encouraging things you can do is to just be an encourager, just like the person you talked about. Now, I want you to notice, as we look at our hero, we start putting the spotlight on Barnabas. The first thing in the book of Acts that we learn about Barnabas is mentioned, we already studied this earlier in Acts chapter 4, verse 36. It's there in your outlines. Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus, whom the apostles called Barnabas, which means son of encouragement. So Barnabas' original name was Joseph. But because Joseph demonstrated so much constant encouragement everywhere he went, can you imagine this? The apostles renamed him Barnabas. Because he so lived out this trait, they gave him a new name. Wow. What is the nickname that you are earning because of what you do all the time. Something to think about. This is powerful here. I mean, the apostles renamed this guy Barnabas because he had such a ministry of encouragement. That is powerful. That's heroic. That you live out a trait so consistently that people rename you. Man. Now, let me give you some encouragement. Anyone can become a Barnabas. So I'd like you to turn to your neighbor right now and just say, you can become a Barnabas. Just say that to him. It's true. <laughs> so the question becomes, how? How can I become a Barnabas, Pastor Mark? Well, all you need to do is bring encouragement to others the way Barnabas brought encouragement to others. And that is what we're going to study this morning in Acts chapter 11. I want to give you three ways to bring in heroic encouragement to others. You do these three things this week and you, you bring this in as, to a, as a pattern into your life. And let me tell you, people will start seeing you as a hero of the faith who brings encouragement to their lives. Number one, heroic encouragement means going to someone to be a blessing. If you go to someone, doesn't matter who, but you go there with the specific purpose of being a blessing, blessing to them, watch this, not a burden. Are you a blessing or a burden? 
If you go to someone and you are a blessing to them, not a burden, you will bring incredible encouragement to their lives. So I want to bring you into the context. Acts chapter 11, we are starting with verse 19. So if you have your Bibles, turn there. This is where we're going to be, and we're going to go verse by verse. Verse 19, now those who had been scattered by the persecution that broke out when Stephen was killed. Now in Acts chapter 8, Stephen is martyred. Saul had a lot to do with that. And after he is martyred, this great persecution breaks out in Jerusalem, which is the epicenter of Christianity at that point. And, and, and the Jews, these brand new Christians that turn to Christ, most of them are Jews, uh, they travel as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch. They're fleeing for their lives. Now here's, a, I think, a map. I think we have a picture of the map. And here, so here's Jerusalem. Many of you have been with me here, so you know the geography. And here's Samaria. And so these the Jews are just, they're primarily going up north uh, into Syria. They go to Cyprus. Uh, here's Antioch. Paul, we'll, we'll talk about Saul a little bit later in Tarsus. But here in Antioch is kind of what we want to focus in on right now. But look if you would. There's this church at Antioch here in Syria that becomes very significant. Actually, we're going to dedicate one entire message to that one church in the future uh, in a few weeks. But notice, if you would, what happens here. So you have all these uh, believers. They're fleeing from Jerusalem because of this massive persecution. They're going to all these different territories. And they're spreading the word, the gospel, only among Jews. <clears throat> but then you come to verse 20. It says, some of them, however, men from Cyprus and Cyrene, went to Antioch, which is in Syria, and they began to speak to Greeks also. So they bring in the, gen the, the gospel of the Gentiles, telling them the good news about the Lord Jesus. And look what happens. The Lord's hand was with them, and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. Wow. Revival is breaking out in Antioch of Syria, among the Gentiles. And I want you to notice how Barnabas gets word of this and about his willingness to actually take a visit and go there. Look at verse 22. News of this reached the church in Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas. So you've got in Jerusalem still the primary leaders of the church. You've got the apostles, you've got James, you've got you know, Peter, and they're like, wow, this awesome thing's happening in Antioch, like revival's breaking out there. Let's send Barnabas. I mean, Barnabas is the ultimate encourager. Let's send him off on a journey to go encourage this new breakout movement of God. And so Barnabas is willing, and, and he goes. And I want you to just know, notice the incredible blessing that Barnabas is to Antioch. He's not a burden. He's a blessing, and the first mark of being an encourager who just bless, is that you bless people, you're not a burden to them. And there are so many ways that Barnabas blesses him. You look at verse 23, it says, Then Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul. Well, actually, go back to verse 22. Now, this reached the news in the church, and they sent Barnabas to Antioch when he arrived. Let's just stop there for right now. When he arrived. I want to know one of the greatest ways that you just bless 
people is just showing up, going to visit someone. It's huge. So often, you know, uh, I will bring guys with me on missions trips, and I'm going to bring a lot of you in the future with me on trips. And one of the big questions oftentimes is asked, you know, what are we going to do? And what I often just say is, we're just going to visit. We're going to be there. And the level of blessing of showing up to where we travel in the world is off the scales because most of the people we meet and minister to in the 16 countries we support have never even seen an American. And when you show up, they will never forget it for their whole life. As a matter of fact, just I think I have a picture of some uh, uh, Indian uh, pastors that we visited in this very meeting. These all You support every one of them. Some of you support Indian church planters. Those are them in just one meeting. And as we showed up, the leader, his name's MK. You're going to meet him in about a month. He's going to be preaching from the pulpit. And he is uh, introducing us. And this is what he said, and I'll never forget it. He said, you know, it is such a blessing to have Pastor Mark here from the United States because for us, in our ministry, everyone hates us. Everywhere we go, they try to stone us, they throw rocks at us, they beat us. But these brothers are here because they love you. They care for you. Just being there is so incredible. Every one of these brothers are willing to die for Jesus Christ. And they face persecution. That is the thing you need to remember. All the pastors you support at this church are persecuted not just once a year, every single day. And when we go there, it just speaks volumes because they don't get that encouragement. And guess what? There are people in your life right here in the United States who are dying for encouragement. And one of the greatest ways you encourage them is just showing up like Barnabas just showed up, being there with people. And it says that, you know, they sent Barnabas and he arrived and he saw what the grace of God had done. He sees this great work that's happening in Antioch. You want to know some? Let me give you a principle of encouragement. So one of the greatest ways you can encourage people is just to point out what God's doing in their life, what God's doing in their family. It's so difficult when you're discouraged to actually see what God's doing. And an encourager will come along and just point out the positive thing of what's going on in your life or your marriage or your family or whatever. Because we're often blind to that, and Barnabas is just pointing out the great thing that God is doing there in Antioch. He was glad. One of the greatest ways you can be an encourager around people is just being glad, smiling. One of the things my wife does is she's constantly smiling. She'll be in a shopping area or whatever. Just smile at people, and people will just talk. It brings encouragement. Just your countenance. And Barnabas is glad, and he encouraged them all to remain true to the Lord. One of the greatest ways you can encourage and be a blessing to people is just hang in there. Remain true to the Lord. It's not easy being a Christian, certainly there in India, but also in the United States. It's not easy, and it's very difficult at times. And for you just to come around alongside someone and encourage them to remain strong in the Lord. I was with a family just a few weeks ago, and they were sharing with me about what they're going through. Unbelievable challenges. And I, I, I looked at him and I just said, you know, if you just get your kids through this, 
What an amazing parent, parents you are. Sometimes all we can do is just get our kids through the day with the things they're facing. These, and Barnabas, I just go, this guy is just blessing these people. It says he was a good man. You know, a lot of people don't know anyone they can trust. No one comes in their life that's good. Everyone has an agenda to rip them off or, or abuse them or whatever. And you're, if you're just good around people, what a blessing. And, and someone who's full of the Holy Spirit and faith, some people are just dying for someone to be filled with the Holy Spirit and have faith and actually be a friend to them. And as you're this to people, what a blessing. And then it says, and a great number of people were brought to the Lord. It's like Barnabas shows up and he's all of this and he joins with what God is doing in, in Antioch and he's seeing this great harvest take place. He didn't come there as some big time leader from Jerusalem mandating all these things. He just joined in on what God was doing. And let me tell you, if you have someone who just joins in with what God is doing in your life or in your family, what a blessing. An encourager, a heroic encourager, brings blessing, not a burden. I bet you there's someone in your life that God brought into your life who is like this to you. And I want you to talk about that, you know, for a moment here. Can you share about a time when you were greatly encouraged because someone showed up to be a blessing, not a burden? Take a moment, talk about that, go for it. All right, we're talking about three ways to bring heroic encouragement to others, to be a hero of the faith like Barnabas. And the first thing we see in Barnabas's life is that uh, heroic encouragement means going, going to someone to be a blessing to them, not a burden to them. And if you're a person that just makes your rounds, you show up at that cubicle and you're, you're a blessing, not a burden or to a, or a phone call, whatever. When you're around people, as you think about, there's times, believe me, there's times we need to confront people. That's part of it too. But I'm just saying, is the preponderance of your life being a blessing to people, not a burden to them? That should be the case. Second, heroic encouragement involves going to someone to bring help. <clears throat> now, if you go to someone bringing them help for a particular need, that you discern that they have, wow, that is like instant, instant encouragement. Have you ever had the joy of moving? Anyone here? <laughs> ah, ah, oh man, you know? You'd rather go to the dentist, right? And that, that's really low, you know? But then someone shows up to help you move. Oh, that's like instant, instant encouragement. Mm. So what's going on in Antioch is that the church is absolutely exploding. I mean, this is kind of the first we have of a Gentile community that is just exploding in growth. Now, it's been exploding in other places, but the degree like it is right now is just really cool. But with that comes some challenges and needs. I mean, a lot of people are coming to Christ, but the greatest need was for someone to actually train and teach and disciple these new believers. And so Barnabas is seeing what God's doing in Antioch. He's gone there to be the apostle's eyes, and he's looking at this and going, there is a tremendous need here. And he began to think, 
how in the world? This isn't my primary gift, teaching, training. And he starts to think, well, who has the gifting? Who has the training? Who has the time to come here and minister to these brand new disciples and, you know, teach them the Bible? Saul, bing, just kind of comes to Barnabas's mind. Saul. Saul was sent uh, by the church of Jerusalem to go back to his hometown in Tarsus. Remember, he came to Christ in Acts chapter 9, the road to Damascus, and there in Damascus they tried to kill him because he's so radical preaching the faith that he once tried to destroy. Then they brought him to Jerusalem, and, and there Saul is preaching the gospel so powerfully they tried to kill him in Jerusalem too. And then the church sent him, get him to Caesarea, and then they're like, no, we got to send this guy all the way home so there can be peace. <laughs> And we don't need another martyr on our hand. So Saul went back to his hometown. Let's bring up the map again. And he's back in Tarsus, uh, which is in modern-day Turkey. And uh, the map will amazingly appear at some point. There you go. And so, uh, you know, Saul came to Christ here, went to Jerusalem. Uh, Caesarea is right here. And then ultimately, get him on a ship, get him to Tarsus. So Saul is back in his hometown. He hasn't really become the Apostle Paul yet. That was in shape, in, in the making. Most scholars believe that Saul, as he was back home, was probably pretty depressed uh, and discouraged and probably very much so facing a lot of persecution back there. There was a Jewish community and there were synagogues there and, and here he is, his newfound faith, and he's you know, God is calling him to be a missionary, and he's like being forced to kind of stay. The, 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 the apostle said, you need to just lay low for right now. And so he's there. And all of a sudden, can you imagine, even for Saul's life, all of a sudden Barnabas shows up. And verse 25, then Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul. Can you imagine that moment? when Saul laid eyes on Barnabas, the son of encouragement, and Barnabas began to encourage Saul. And he's telling Saul what God is doing in, in Antioch of Syria. And then the greatest of all encouragements, Barnabas, son of encouragement, says, Saul, I want you to come with me. Your gift of teaching is phenomenal. And would you please help me teach all these brand new believers? That is just like saying sick them to a dog, you know? And Saul is so excited. And so they take the journey. They take the journey to Syria. And it says, and he brought him to Antioch of Syria. So for a whole year, what happens? Barnabas and Saul meet with the church and taught a great number of people. We don't know how many, but probably many hundreds and probably thousands. And, and this is amazing. The disciples were, were called Christians first at Antioch. The first time you have the name Christian, Christ-like one, small Christ is what it means, literally, is in Antioch of Syria. Not in Jerusalem, in a Gentile community. Wow, exciting. Can you imagine this? For one year, Paul, Saul, and Barnabas are teaching these brand new believers. Can you imagine being a new believer and the guy who disciples you is the great apostle Paul? Wow! What an encouragement. What a blessing. I think those new believers were encouraged. 
You think Saul was encouraged? Absolutely. He's being able to use his gift. And they're first called Christians in Antioch. Why? Because an encourager named Barnabas saw a need, took a trip, brought back a guy to meet a need, and it is a huge moment of encouragement. And actually, the term Christianity and Christians are given out of this moment that God created because of an encourager named Barnabas. Who knows what encouragement, when you extend it, will, what, what it will lead to. It's beautiful. Heroic encouragement involves going to someone to bring them help. Sometimes the, the help comes in the form of a person that you bring to help meet a need for someone else. Sometimes it's helping you move. Sometimes it's helping you change a spare tire. Sometimes it's helping with counsel. You arrange someone that needs counsel. A guy a while ago came to me and he just shared, you know, and I'm sure you've done this before too. He was grieving because he lost his wife. And he's lost his wife for three years. And I just said to him, I said, brother, have you ever had any kind of grief counseling? And he's like, no. And I said, can I arrange that for you? Where you can meet a counselor that's trained to help you process your grief. Grief is a real thing. He's actually a guy that lives out of the area. And he goes, that would be amazing. He goes, the next time I travel to this area, I'll call you. And he, he called me. It just happened a couple of weeks. We set him up with a grief counselor. Just help. Whatever. It's just a form of encouragement. So I, I'm sure in your life, God has, has brought someone into your life that arranged or provided help for you in a way that was at such a deep level of encouragement, you never forgot that moment. And I'd like you to talk about that. Can you share about a time when you were greatly encouraged because someone brought you help in some form? Talk about that. Go for it. Okay, we're talking about three ways to bring heroic encouragement to others from Barnabas. Number one, it means going to someone to be a blessing to them, not a burden. And second, it means going to someone to bring help. Whatever that need is, you provide help. Wow, what encouragement that is. Let me give you the third. Heroic encouragement includes going to someone to give finances. Now, if you go to someone who's in financial need, you provide for them finances, what an incredible moment of encouragement that they did not expect I want you to notice what happens next with Barnabas, this son of encouragement. He's so discerning and so motivated to encourage others. How, how exemplary is this? Verse 27. During this time, as he's there in Antioch, him and Saul, they're teaching some prophets came down from Jerusalem to Antioch. One of them named Agabus stood up and through the spirit predicted that a severe famine would spread over the entire Roman world. So a famine's coming on the whole Roman world. This happened during the reign of Claudius. The disciples, as each one was able, decided, decided to provide help for the brothers and sisters living in Judea. This they did, sending their gift to the elders by Barnabas and Saul. What's going on here? Well, everyone knows 
this tremendous persecution has broken out in Jerusalem. A lot of suffering. The church was just being attacked. And so all these believers, churches scattered. And Jerusalem was really the poorest of, of all the church that was active at that time. And then on top of it, on top of it, you've got this famine that's going to hit the area. And these brand new believers in Syria of Antioch are so moved by the plight of their brothers and what Barnabas shared with them about this prophecy and their condition that they were literally moved that we need to, we need to take up an offering and, and give of some of our resources to be sent back to James and Peter, the apostles there, so that they could give that gift out to those who really need it in that area of the world. It's beautiful. I, I can only imagine what it must have been like as Peter and James are there in Jerusalem and all of a sudden Saul and Barnabas show up with a gift that these brand new believers, their hearts just, you know, bled for them. And here, they were going there to strengthen this new movement, and this movement's being used to strengthen them. It must have been amazing. What an encouraging moment. The church being the church, how beautiful. I shared with you um, a while ago, it wasn't recorded, so I'll share the story now, uh, just about a time in Tracy and I, our life, when we were newly married, and, and just uh, uh, we were struggling financially weren't making very much money and, and credit card debt was accumulating. We had accumulated some $3,000 worth of credit card debt. And uh, it's, it, you know, you're ashamed, right? I couldn't go to my parents, even though I know they would have helped. But I, we just, we were like, we knew it was not right, but we were just like, how do we make ends meet? We just couldn't. And I remember we brought that, that, that we literally wrote out our debt. We brought it before God and on our bed with tears in our eyes, we just, gave this to the Lord and prayed. And, uh, and so went to work, came home, you know, the next day and in, in the mail, and there was just uh, a check for $3,000 written to us out of nowhere. And yeah, uh, does that encourage you or what? It does. Today, I, I, I know these dear people that were just so moved to, Give, just the Spirit of God. And I will often just thank them so much. And we've sought to repay that many times. That was an example to us. And we give, Tracy and I. It's a joy to give. As a church, we support 693 pastors and church planners around the world. You want to know why we do that? We do that because it's biblical. If you study the Bible and you notice every time the word give is used in the New Testament, the object of who is to receive that giving in the New Testament, 79% of the times it is directed a healthy church, a strong church, is to help a persecuted poor church. 79%. I bet you've never heard that before. The other 21% of the time when we're called to give and who benefits from that giving, it's the poor, whether they are Christians or not Christians. This is what I believe with all my heart. You, we cannot be biblical Christians. You cannot be a biblical New Testament church unless you're modeling what the New Testament talks about. 
79% of the times giving is mentioned, it's about supporting persecuted Christians who are suffering for their faith, and it's healthy churches. What do you think Paul's offerings are all about? They're, they're from one church that's strong helping another church that, that needs strength and encouragement. We're one body, the body of Christ. And so thank you for being a biblical New Testament believer who's supporting these church planters in all these countries. This is one of the reasons why I believe God blesses three crosses because we're about the gospel. Now, let me show you, you know, we just started supporting this work in Uganda. Many of you are supporting Ugandan pastors. And I want to show you the picture of Pastor Gordon. This is him receiving for the first time in his life $50 for serving God as a pastor in Uganda. He's never, most of the pastors in Uganda serve for no pay. You say, how do they live? Prayer and fasting. And when, that's most of our pastors. They, again, the pastors we support are church planners. If they're pastors in a church, you know, the church is going to support them. We don't support, when we say pastors, they're church planners. These are guys, they're going out planting churches. They're evangelists. They don't have a congregation. We're about spreading the gospel in unreached areas. And so these guys, you know, when we come around them and it's like pouring gasoline on already a fire and it just explodes. And you've seen, if you were there last Sunday, what God is doing. This is the note I received from Gordon. This, he says this, this is duplicated with all the pastors we support, all 693. It's similar to this. He says this, I am married and serve as a pastor and church planner in Uganda. So far, I've been able to plant three churches which have helped very many people transform into Christianity. But I have been doing ministry, I have been faced with much financial challenges, both in doing ministry and for supporting my household. This need has included my mother who got paralyzed and I am the only one supposed to take care of her medication. On receiving the support you have provided, I was so overwhelmed because I saw a breaking point through the financial challenges I was having. This has enabled me to have money to take care of my mother's medication and also have uh, some to support my family. My financial challenges had started affecting the way I was doing ministry, but this facilitation is going to help me stabilize and I will be able to plant more churches in my area and even go into the neighboring districts to see that God's ministry is opened up to many more people in the wide area of this country. My sincere gratitude goes to the, my donation giver for their generous giving, for it is going to change my life so much and the lives of very many other people. Wow. This is what this church is doing all over the world. And this is what Barnabas did. This is what Paul did. There, there is no country that's been blessed like the United States in the history of the world. And for us to share some of that blessing, I just encourage you because you give, you pray, you support, and it has this kind of impact around the world. It is the heart of what New Testament Christianity is all about, supporting our brothers and sisters in other areas of the world. Well, I'd like you to talk about this as well because I think you have a story about a time where you were in need and someone encouraged you financially. Can you share about a time you were greatly encouraged because someone helped you 
financially. Tell that story. Go for it. Okay, let me bring you back to our hero of the faith trait and just try to kind of bring this into your hearts, tell you a story, and then we'll pray. So today's hero of the faith trait is one of the most heroic things you can do is to bring encouragement to others. It sounds so simple, and it really is in many ways. And yet, this is uh, an area that I think all of us can grow in. I think it's very easy to underestimate how important this is and needed in our families, in our marriages, in our lives, wherever we have relationships. I'll tell you, you want to know how they can improve? By us becoming greater encouragers. Pure and simple. Your kids, your grandkids, your wife, your husband, how much of the time is spent really encouraging them versus the opposite? I mean, just, I mean, this can be an area of great prayer for us and life change in this moment. The Holy Spirit wants to meet you and empower you and me to be Barnabases in other people's lives. And this may be why God has brought you here this morning or why you're watching on video. God's timing is always spot on. And anyone can become a Barnabas in the power of the Holy Spirit. And we've given you three ways. It's going to people to be a blessing, not a burden. It's, it's going to bring help, not hindrance. It's going to give finances. Providing something as tangible as that when the Holy Spirit is leading you to do so. I want to tell you the story of a person, I don't think I've ever told this story as far as I know. When I, when I grew up, okay, as a kid, going through school, especially high school, I got, this is the kind of student I was, I got straight A's in P.E., I gave my parents so much grief. I had no plans ever going to college. I had my whole life planned out. You need to understand, even though I wasn't serious about school, I had my life planned out. I was making money. When I graduated from high school, I had five cars. I had it going. There was not a problem with uh, that whole area. I just worked harder than anyone else. I didn't need college. I've never had a problem working hard. You know, I don't believe you need college to be successful. You just have to work your tail off, and you can make it. And that was my, my plan. God had different plans. And so I was never college prep, just so you know. And my parents knew it. <laughs> and I knew it. But then I came to Christ. And I'm telling you, God just transformed my life and he gave me a heart for the word of God and a passion to study that ran so deep. It literally drove me. And I, I just was absolutely so. First two years, you know, uh, so I, um, first two years was learning just how to study for me as I went to Simpson Bible College to work on my undergraduate degree. It was probably the most painful two years of my life. Learning to study. College teaches you how to study. First two years were a struggle, but pretty much after that, straight A's. 
for my bachelor's, master's, and doctorate. But I want you to know it was difficult. The most difficult thing about all of this was actually uh, the fact that I would have to write a dissertation for my doctoral degree, which I'm holding right now. Never brought it into the pulpit. And this was so intimidating. And even though straight A's, yeah, I work my tail off to study, and there are many challenges that I faced, but you need to understand that in all my years of going to school, through high school, I only had one teacher that believed in me. In fifth grade, the only teacher that loved me and believed in me and told me she believed in me. And her name was Barbara Shangle. And there was not a day in my undergraduate, graduate, all the way to my doctorate that I did not study thinking about her. The power of a teacher, the power of an encourager is so awesome. So as I wrote this dissertation, which is the most difficult thing I have ever had to do, I thought, there's a dedication page. Who do I dedicate this to? Dedication to Barbara Shangle, my fifth grade teacher. I searched for her. I searched for her. I didn't know where she lived. This was in Dublin where she taught me at Valley Christian. I went there my fifth grade year. And I asked the school. They didn't know where she was at. I thought about hiring a detective to find her. <laughs> and three days before my graduation, and I had this, I found her. And I called her on the phone. I said, is this Barbara Shangle? She said, yes. I said, Barbara, this is Mark Tyler. She said, Mark! Are you kidding me? No. <laughs> I said, and of course, she remembered me. And I said, Barbara, I am calling you because you have been my greatest encourager. You impacted my life so deeply in fifth grade. And I'm going to graduate with my doctorate in three days. And I dedicated it to you. Can I read to you what I, it is? And I did. She started bawling. I started bawling. The power of believing in someone, being an encourager to someone. When you go to them, when you help them, finances, whatever, powerful. That is a hero of the faith. Amen? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you for the Barnabases and the Barbara Shangles. And all those, God, everyone in this room, Lord, we have that spirit of encouragement because you are the, the, the paraclete, the one who comes alongside the Holy Spirit. You are the comforter and the encourager. And Lord, so that lives within us. And Lord, we thank you, O oh God, for all the encouragers you brought into our lives. I pray, God, that your Holy Spirit would just allow us to give thanks for all of that which we have received and now to reciprocate that your power would come over us and in us, that we could be the husband, the wife, the father, the grandfather, the mother, whatever, the, the worker, 
the employee, the employer, the Christian that you want us to be, that we could express this this beautiful gift of encouragement to others. Your word says, encourage one another daily and all the more as you see the day approaching. Lord Jesus, we're living in a day and age where there's so little encouragement from the world. And Christians, we just set ourselves apart. So by your power, I pray that you meet us right now and infuse us with this encouragement that we could extend to others. Would you just ask God to give you his power power to be an encourager to others. Lord, send us from here, I pray, manifesting, radiating that encouragement to others, even this week, even today. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen.